Welcome to season two of Hit The Clock podcast. I'm Cheryl, your host. And let me tell you, I am so excited for this. I've literally dedicated the whole season to hearing the perspectives of black men specifically. And whilst the issues and topics discussed will absolutely be familiar to people of all races, I just felt it important to hear the opinions of black men whose voices often go unheard. Over the next six weeks, I'm taking you on a crazy journey with six amazing black guys, each with a lot of interesting, thought-provoking and often emotionally charged things to say. I really hope you enjoyed this season as much as I enjoyed recording and editing it. As always, feedback is very welcome. Hit me up on the socials, at Cheryl's World, everywhere. And let me know what you think, what you like, what you didn't like, what you loved, all of that. Okay, let's get into the first episode of the new season with someone I refer to as the King of Konyaza. Over the next hour, we will talk about the importance of pleasuring a woman, the traditional practice of kunyaza, and if you don't know what that is, then you need to listen extra carefully. We also talk about normalising sexual issues, the importance of effective communication, why humour works best sometimes, and why men view sex as performative. There is more, including some talk about Malcolm X and his apparent inability to satisfy his wife, but I'm not giving it all away. You are gonna have to listen. So kick back, relax, indulge and enjoy. of welcoming the king of Kunyaza himself. And I say that without actually experiencing his Kunyaza abilities. I'm saying it based on the fact that I know he has seven books. He's written a book on Kunyaza number one. He has six other books worth checking out. He's an erotologist. He's a historian and he's a sex educator. Mr. Habib Akande, welcome. Your name's well, got a level of royalty. That was a royal introduction. I'm actually um, humbled, but thank you for inviting me, Cheryl. It's a pleasure to speak to you once again. Thank you. Always a pleasure to talk to you, Habib. You know, you know I love talking to you. <laughs> Always giving me that male insight, which is so important because I think as women, it's easy for us to just presume. We do a lot of presuming. So, I mean, I mentioned that you are the king of Kunyaza. And I say that because there's nobody else that I know that's really kind of promoting Kunyaza as a, a vehicle or a tool to pleasure women. Before we get into the whole Kunyaza bit, I want to know your kind of story. I'm British-born, Nigerian. Um, grew up in a household where there were a lot of, I wouldn't say alpha male, but traditional men. And the sense of not only from my father, but from my cousins and uncles and you hear it in terms of how a man's supposed to treat a woman not only in terms of being protected and provider but also intimately as well um and obviously listening to r&b and hip-hop music from the early 90s whether it's wayne marshall's the g-spot other you know um r&b artists it was always something that even before i was sexually active i wanted to know how to satisfy a woman not just have sex with multiple women i came across the karma sutra like when i was 16 um and then in my early 20s after i graduated i went to egypt for three and a half years and then i wrote a book about um, african and arab erotology which is about how um traditional arab and african cultures wrote about pleasuring a woman and how to satisfy a woman after that book was published in i think 2016 a reader contacted me and asked me why didn't i mention kunyaza at the time, I was none the wiser what this kunyazo was. So I did what everyone does normally when they hear something new. I Googled it. Yeah. And then I came across this wonderful tradition, this pleasure positive, female pleasure positive tradition that's dedicated to um, satisfying the women, women 
It's got the reputation of helping women experience ejaculation and orgasm in within a few minutes. And again, for me, it was very empowering that there's a culture, an African culture, where women are venerated and their pressure and onus is on men to ensure that their female partners are satisfied. I then um, reached out to a director um, who was making a documentary about Kanyaza at the time, Sacred Water, that's the name of the documentary. And he put me in touch with a couple of people in Rwanda and in the UK in terms of to further my research, because there wasn't a book about it. There was a number of articles um, there was actually a book in French and German, but there wasn't a book in English enough for this would be a really good um, book to kind of like speak and obviously to help men. Because I think as I think most men want to satisfy, and again, I'm speaking about heterosexual men. I think most men want to satisfy their female partners, but a lot of us don't know how to. Right. And we have got this ego and we, there is a lot of misinformation about sex and female pleasure because of what we've been um, informed or misinformed from yeah. porn. And a lot of our male friends, a lot of men, we exaggerate when we're amongst ourselves in terms of how good we are in the bedroom, how long we lasted and things like that. So that's hugely problematic. The fact that amongst your friends, there's this whole kind of culture of lying to each other to kind of almost boost, again, that word ego. It's all about boosting the ego when actually what it's doing is it's creating more of a problem because you're not getting the true kind of understanding of what you're doing very true even it just i'm thinking of um one of my colleagues was talking about his issues with his fiance at the time and he said that because he he can't, he's not able to satisfy him when it's asking my advice and i was like what's the problem and he said because he can't last long enough in the in the bedroom with her and she's always demanding more and she's always speaking about how how better her former partner was oh wow right right and obviously he knew about my work and writing and speaking about sex and things like that then he referred to one of our other mutual friends who said that he used to talk about how he used to last for three to four hours in the bedroom oh, wow. each night with his partner. And I told him that okay. our friend in question is just like, that's an exaggeration. And he was thinking that he needed to last that long. So even as men, if you're, they're not comparing themselves to porn stars, they're comparing themselves to other men that they know of who are speaking in often case they're exaggerating in terms of how last how long they last in the bedroom and how satisfied their partner is. Also, what can happen is that for men obviously who've had multiple sexual partners, women sometimes are often lie or, or fake orgasms or pretend. And because he might not be doing and I'll use the word a good job in the sense of not satisfying her, mm-hmm. but she doesn't vocalize that displeasure he thinks that he's doing a good job. And then he goes from to his next partner. And again, he's none the wiser because no one has to- told him anything. So I had to first obviously understand what the issue was with that friend in question. And then to give him the real information and the real facts that, okay, because you last X amount of time in the bedroom, that doesn't necessarily mean that you've got premature ejaculation because he thought he had a premature ejaculation. He would generally ejaculate within like, four to five minutes and that's not necessarily a problem in and of itself I wouldn't have thought that was a problem no it's, it's not but if it, it, it may be an issue because if his partner was expecting him to last yeah. longer so it's not necessarily that he's got a medical problem yeah. but it's just an expectation gap before I used to say communication is important but I would say effective communication is important I mean they did eventually split up but it was something that he was someone that's very confident in terms of work you know very professional very confident you know six foot plus so on the face of it, he looks like it's very masculine, all everything's got together. But in terms of his bedroom, he was crumbling. And that's something that a lot of men, especially if they appear to be well put together, there's not many spaces or people they can speak to that will speak to them honestly without yeah. maybe ridiculing them and this and the other. The way I 
prefer to be um, educated. I like sometimes humour. So as men, even when I'm educating or putting stuff up on social media, I will put up like memes as making fun or poking fun of men's insecurities. Yeah, And I suppose the humour kind of, I wouldn't say it minimises the seriousness of it, but it kind of opens it up to be able to allow you to see, okay, it's humour, but there's a lot of truth in this. And I don't know, I feel like men maybe can accept that easier than if someone just kind of comes at them with the hard facts. 100%. I think even in the bedroom, sex should be fun and it should be enjoyable. Right? If you're and not laughing while you're having it, sex, then right. you shouldn't be having sex. It's exactly. And it's, it's adult play. The funny thing is, even in my, my, my male friendship groups, the stories we may need to talk about are our failures. Mm-hmm. Whether it's in the bedroom, whether it's pursuing women and she, you know, she wasn't on it and she dis, this was a reaction I've got. Yeah, yeah that, they're, they're the stories that we mainly talk about. And we and the, the funny thing is it actually helps us because it's a form of education because when we, we realise that, you know, everyone is going through this. And then it's like, okay, it's just a case of how can you deal with it? But do you think that that is the case for a lot of men? Because, all right, you have a successful group of friends where you can feel free enough to share the failures and the, the knockbacks. But is that necessarily the case? Because I don't necessarily feel it is because you have, and I mean, you mentioned the word ego a while back. I think if more men had these kind of open and frank conversations about things that are going wrong, especially in relationships and when it comes to sex, then that whole ego thing would kind of take a bit more of a backseat because there'll be a deeper understanding because you, you've shared stuff apart from the fact that you're an, an, an educator you see sex in a different way to a lot of men the average men don't see it like you so when you're in your circle with your mates your your perspective is going to rub off on them and vice versa what if you have a group of guys that are just like regular average joes don't have the understanding that you do how does that kind of play out you know where is this understanding going to come from and are they going to even share their failures well i think it's important to normalize sexual problems and sexual issues as in we all have problems we all have issues we all have issues in relationships which i think people are aware of we all have issues in terms of our health which people are aware of and that's been normalized no one is the picture of health 24 7 throughout the whole of their life the same way in terms of in the bedroom so there's times when excuse me for being can come across quite graphic you can't get it up yeah there's times when any number of reasons that could right and actually for not exactly whatever yeah right and it doesn't mean that you you're impotent and you suffer from erectile dysfunction or you might form a mild form of erectile dysfunction so this is something that's part of the human experience it's part of the male experience that should be normalized there'll be times when you know you might feel that you're going to last a a full session maybe last 60 minutes half of half of an album playing and then you finish within 20 seconds within a couple of plus yeah 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 it it happens and that's the real and that's and that's the reality well the, the funny thing is i think with a lot of men and i my self-included we're more willing to share these issues with maybe women that we're not necessarily committed to yeah there's no judgment yes and we can laugh at it whereas if it's your long-term you know partner your girlfriend or your wife you're less likely to speak about those sexual problems with your male friends just because it because there's a level of sanctity in terms of that relationship and respect and respect and and you don't necessarily need to tell the world you just need to maybe be comfortable to disclose if you need to disclose some of these matters with a few people one or two people that can ultimately help you some women for example they like to speak about their problems because it might be quite cathartic and it helps them feel good about themselves or relieve some stress whereas men it's like unless you're going to give me something that's going to help me or solve my problem it's, yeah. there's no need me talking to you and i'll just suffer in silence now some people will be like no you should be vulnerable and open yourself up but it's like if you're not going to help me or tell me something that's going to help help me why do i need to disclose it and and another thing the reason why a lot of men i find are more less willing to be vulnerable with their sexual insecurities with their female partners i know some women don't like to hear this but there are some not all some women who use it against them mm-hmm. if for example there's a, a moment of conflict if for example he's suffering from premature ejaculation or erectile dysfunction 
dysfunction or what have you, or even if he even if he might have a small penis, that's when when there's a bit of argument she can use. And and this is stuff that men have said. So that's why their vulnerabilities, if anything, they or their insecurities, they don't like to disclose that because that can be used against them. But I think it goes deeper than that, though, Habib. I think a lot of it goes down to how you're taught and how you're raised. Because if you are taught as a young man that it's okay to be vulnerable, it's okay to speak up, it's okay to share when something's not right, something doesn't feel right, whatever. Even if someone throws that back at you in the heat of an argument, you're still comfortable with that. So I think it's about being taught that it's okay for men or young boys that turn into men to be vulnerable. You know, I know society has like rules where we're supposed to sit there as women and there as men. But I believe that a well-rounded person is a combination of both feminine and masculine energy. And if you want to talk about feminine energy, that's where vulnerability kind of sits in the feminine energy kind of area, right? So if, if, if a young man is not allowed to tap into that, then yeah, if he tells his woman, you know, if he has got a small penis, if she throws that back at him, that's going to sting. But if he's taught that it's okay to be vulnerable, yeah, all right, you might want to, you know, couple slaps, whatever it is, however you react in those kind of confrontational situations. But ultimately, you'd be able to move past it easier if you've been taught that it's okay. I agree and disagree somewhat. In the context of a relationship, you want to please your partner, you want your partner to respect you, right? She's not raised that way and she expects you, she wants her man to be someone who is fulfilling her desires and this, that and the other and to be strong and to be alpha, whatever you want, however you want to do describe it if he's not exhibiting those characteristics and those traits and she will lose respect for him it doesn't matter how he was raised he's not going to get that from her but if then, you're saying okay move on and then go to find another woman that is happy with him showing his vulnerability fair enough but if he is and he wants to be with this woman who wants a traditional you know this masculine man hmm. and that's what she likes if he was going to stay and you know stay with her and she's going to still look at him with admiration show Showing that vulnerability is not going to work in that relationship. Do you understand what I'm getting? I'm not I, saying it's wrong in of itself. I'm saying in that situation, and that and, and that's and that's the reality. I, und- I totally understand what you're saying, and yeah, it's all about okay, what's the other person? So you can't vouch for somebody else's upbringing, of course not. But what I mean is him being allowed to be vulnerable. So if he has had a moment of premature ejaculation and she's seen that, embrace it. Like, don't hide it. Don't try. That's what I mean. So if she then <laughs> throws it back at you, it's like, well, you know what? So what? Shit happens, kind of vibe. That can't hurt someone that is comfortable within themselves or understands this kind of thing happens yes it's it's ammo in the heat of an argument but when it comes down to a woman wanting what she wants that doesn't have to be compromised him being a man and him being the kind of you know the protector and all that no I'm not that's not what I'm referring to I'm just talking about in himself when things go wrong in relationships or if he doesn't fulfill her sexually every single time that he needs to be okay with that Sorry. I was just gonna say and I think if, if 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 a young man is taught that it's okay to be vulnerable in that sense in every sense Something like that is not going to break him. I think it's more more of a problem if you've got men that are walking around here that can't even recognise, okay, you can't be on 10 all the time. Sometimes things aren't going to go right and you have to be able to accept that and accept that every human being has a level of vulnerability. Yeah, no, what you're saying is true. Because when I have like my male-only groups Hmm. um, and maybe I'm part of the problem, we will talk about... (laughs) (laughs) We will talk about some... Because again, like you said, we know that we can't be 10 all the time. But rather than like saying, oh telling your partner that, you know, I can't really get it up. Um, it's gone. I bust quickly. This and the other. I might need another 45 minutes. Rather than saying this complete truth, we will speak about developing strategies Such in as. order to, uh, hear me out, to All develop right. strategies in order to, okay, so you've come quickly, so you've released, so you're out of bullets, you need to recharge. 
but you need to continue to keep the session going. So rather than telling her, maybe when you know that you're, 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 you're finished, you do other things, whether it's going down on her oral sex or using your fingers to maintain, so to keep the session going. And she's continuing to be satisfied because again, you're prioritizing her pleasure, which is what you want. And then obviously you're still preserving your own ego because you haven't felt like a failure. And then when you're maybe ready to go, you might be ready to go for a second round or what have you. Now, even if she knows or she doesn't know, you still feel happy because she's you got what you want and she got what she wanted. She's satisfied and you've preserved your ego and your image, so to speak. And this happens even with men in long-term relationships yeah. and that's married. So whilst I do appreciate and acknowledge that, yes, there should be some level of vulnerability that's, that a man shows to his, his partner. At the same time, and again, this might sound controversial, I think for a lot of men, sex is performative and it will always be performative and that being the case if it's performative sometimes like with anything you're not always up to the job but you just need to make sure you get the job done it doesn't matter how you do you understand i'm getting at so and because a lot of men suffer from performance anxiety Mm-hmm. sometimes they need these strategies in order to kind of okay how can it overcome this problem so, yeah no I think performance anxiety is definitely a real thing for guys I mean you mentioned about you know being in relationships sometimes there's that still that whole element of performance and I get it sex is a performance it's a performance where two or more people are trying to you know feel satisfied so I get it and I understand the okay well I might have come let me move on to something else but how about in a long-term relationship? Is it necessary to kind of hide it? Is it something that maybe you can come back to afterwards? My thing is to be able to embrace these kind of things rather than make it like a sordid little secret in your mind because then that becomes, kind of becomes a thing where that's going to eat you from the inside if you can't even be real about it. And it goes back to the thing about humour in sex afterwards. Oh, you know what, babe? You know I bust early, innit? Like, do you know what I mean? You can joke about it. and But because you're both satisfied, it doesn't matter again. And that's what I mean about being able to embrace everything. With someone that you're just having sex with casually, yeah, okay, you might not want to go there. But like a long-term partner, that's No, I'm saying, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, again, I'm speaking in the context, obviously, like you're saying, in the context of a long-term relationship, marriage, what have you. I'm not saying you hide everything, but there's going to be element. Like, for example, the same way if you're going to su- surprise your partner, and this can sound wild. There's going to be some element of maybe deceit. Like just say you're planning like a birthday yeah, you're on the side of the way. You're gonna like right. It's nothing wrong because obviously the overall aim is something that they're going to be pleased with. Likewise, in the bedroom, when I'm saying that applying some of these strategies, it's not because it's like a sordid secret that is eating you away. It's just that okay, at this moment, I didn't live up to expectation. Let me see what I can do. But obviously, if it's something that's really troubling you, then of course, then you need to. That needs to be addressed. Yeah, you need to be addressed. And then sometimes you can laugh about it and say, you know, and again, let's be honest. As much as a woman may understand, but doesn't mean she's happy with that situation. Yeah, but that's. Just, if we measure it based on orgasm for a man it's relatively easy there's no it's not even a, a, an achievement let's be honest for a man to climb it whereas for a woman more is involved i don't want to say it's complicated it's more and more is involved so he has to put more effort into it now if we're always allowing men and this is why i think sometimes it's good to put pressure on men if we're always allowing men to oh it doesn't matter if you know if you if you bust quickly just tell her and she'll understand then if that's the case the man is always going to have is going to come out of the situation better off than the woman. Yeah. And she just has to accept it. Whereas yeah. we're putting pressure on the man that sometimes you have to ensure that she's satisfied, this, that, and the other. Then he has to address even though some of his insecurities or some of his, some of his failings. Because again, if every time he's just saying, oh, you know, I bust two, I, I finished. You know, I've, I've run out of bullets. Okay, that's fine, hon, no worries. No, 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 no. I'm not for one minute suggesting that it's okay. That's, 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 that's what can happen. I just want pressure in that. Okay, I don't care if you finish, I need, I need mine. Then he <laughs> needs to do whatever he needs to do. Even if he says, I'm tired, I don't care if you're tired. I don't okay, care. You know? Like, we haven't, right. listen, we cannot start something if it's not going to end. Do you know what right. I'm saying? 
Right. And I really do believe that, especially when you're grown, okay? We know the birds and the bees and how it all works, right. right? Or the sexual birds and the bees. I feel like men, if you're going to go into a sexual situation, you have to understand the importance of pleasure. And this is why, again, this is why I rate you, Habib, because it's like, you're out here like educating brothers. Just going back to school, like I mentioned, I asked you about sex education and how we kind of make it right, or can we put some focus on pleasure, female pleasure uh, in school? What was your kind of education like when it came to sex at school? Did you get taught anything more than just how to make a baby? Yeah, so I went to, um, I went to two secondary schools because I got kicked out of my first one but oh, yeah yeah, yeah, have yeah, been but, yeah <laughs> I was definitely a troublesome child but yeah you know it was what? very I I, you know what I feel like I want to say I can't see it but I kind of can <laughs> no the, no, the crazy thing and, and this is something I, I don't speak too much about I don't even like to say prior my but I was very wild and disrespectful as well even when it comes to women women right so happy I find and that so hard to accept maybe because I know you now in this form but and, and this is the thing and this is why I think maybe why I can relate to men because as someone who was very reckless and doing different things, I would sell dreams to women to get what I want. Wow. I, I know we've spoken about this before and I'm right. like, how? Like, no, but again, because I, because I was very egotistical in the sense of it was all about me, selfish. Right. And then some men, it could be something that happens in their life or maybe yeah. they have a child or whatever, or then they have a, start to appreciate women and start to be more empathetic and see things from a woman's perspective. But a lot of men, and I'm not making excuses, have this idea that it's all about them. But that goes back to the teachings though, Habib, like we literally taught that. Because I know my sex education was about, okay, all it is is about making the man ejaculate enough so that he he can impregnate you and that's it. There was never anything about, so the focus was solely on the man's pleasure if you think about it, because you've got to be pleasured to ejaculate. Yeah, but my, I would say my, in my formative years, most of my sex education came from older family members, like mm -hmm. listening to them by osmosis and how they treat women and their experiences. Some of it wasn't the best. Like some of my cousins had like a rotation. Wild ideals. Um, or, or, and was the music I was listening to, like the R&B of, of the early 90s, if I'm honest, because whether it's L or Cool J and what have you, they're talking about pleasuring a woman. It wasn't necessarily just about how many women that they've slept with. It was all about pleasuring a woman. So if you're listening to that for hours on end, even though you as a man are thinking about being a performer, you're thinking about how you can perform and pleasure a woman. So for me, I never really understood, understood why a lot of men of my age didn't want to satisfy a woman or didn't want to understand how to satisfy women. It was all about how can they win the graces of, of other men. I think a lot of men are more interested in Showing um, up attaining the respect of yeah. other men and the way you earn respect of other men they just want to know numbers how many necessarily numbers yeah. so you can quantify how many women you've slept with what how, like? how how attractive they are yeah. right not necessarily they don't even men generally don't need to know the details if anything the only details they'll ask or they might be intrigued by is if she gave you um, fellatio she gave you head mm. because again, like it, power trip? again it's a power trip and even this idea there were a number of men even men that are in their you know my age like late 30s in their 40s and what have you still have this idea that i can't go down on a woman unless she's my significant other or my wife what well, i don't understand but i don't understand that because i know i understand it i don't get it i understand yeah, it because yeah. in their view the idea is if i'm going down on a woman that means i am just focusing on her pleasure and i'm not getting anything out of it do you understand what i mean and that's something i'll only do to my wife because she earns that Whereas if I'm going to have a sexual encounter and I'm going to go down on a woman, she doesn't go down on me. And now we don't even have sex. 
a lot of men will look at that as a failure and a lot of men will actually laugh at that type of man which is crazy yeah oh, wow. yeah a lot of men will look at so you just gave her a head and that's it and you didn't get anything in return because it's a power trip i have a real real issue with that because if you're going into sex then you're going in to you should be going in to be pleased and to please okay so even if you don't get the head but you want to give the head then that should be okay i feel like there are some guys that really get off on giving head yeah, so because they are they, they are people who are not selfish they're selfless lovers right, and okay. that's rare yeah, i think for women unfortunately i think the women who like to give head more than receive head or don't like to receive it but always like to give it i think a number of those women don't feel they're entitled to pleasure yeah. they, they don't allow themselves to you know they think oh i i please my man i also think when it comes to um women receiving oral sex a lot of that ties into how women feel about their bodies exactly, and yeah. it's how the vulva is presented and what's the most right. desirable look does yeah. mine look right does it feel right look right taste right smell oh. right all of that is popping off in their head. So I think yeah. sometimes it's not that they, they don't feel that they're deserving of pleasure. It's more they don't know how to receive the pleasure. Well, you know, if you feel you're deserving of pleasure, it doesn't matter how you look, how you smell, how you taste. You're going to do the work. That's what you're going to tell them, your partner. It's, it's a, yeah, but it, I think we're saying the same thing, but just different. Like a man, even if he smells or looks dusty down there, he's still going to expect to be pleasured. Because he feels entitled. He feels entitled. No, I'm, I'm, that's how I'm using the word. Like, if I feel entitled to pleasure, it doesn't matter even if I haven't washed, I still expect you to satisfy me. Whereas if a woman is conscious and she's saying, oh, because I don't look the best down there, I might feel, you know, all of this, the way I look, she doesn't feel, she, she, is like she feels like she needs to look or be at her best in order to experience that. Whereas the man yeah. doesn't feel that because he always feels entitled to pleasure. That, that's what I get. That's that. what I mean. Yeah, and yeah, I, that's... I, get that. and I, I agree that that should be the mentality. But I think when it comes to hygiene, that, that's just another area. That's not even about entitlement. That's just about like hygiene, in my opinion. No, I hear you, but it comes down to entitlement. If I feel no matter, even if I smell frowsy, she still you, needs I'm to. Having real issues with this. the job. This is the problem. <laughs> real but this is the mal ego. I'm just explaining. I'm just I explaining. This is the mal ego. Men, men do not feel. I need, generally speaking, I need to have a wash downstairs yeah, I, before I, having a sexual encounter. I could have come from a rave, sweating away for three hours, four hours, then driving. And I don't even feel I need to go in to wash up. Whereas a lot of women different. will that's do different. that. But generally you would have probably bathed like maybe earlier on in the day or whatever. So you might have a little must going on. That's not a problem. But I'm talking about like, yeah, that's just... <laughs> I hear what you're saying no it's true and yeah no I agree I do agree with you it's about being entitled to pleasure but again I think a lot of it is is how women feel about their own bodies and I think that's where there needs to be a lot more work done around and even going back to sex education in school like empowering women to understand that like vulvas look different I think that's such a massive area I hear a lot I hear it a lot it's like yeah but you know how do I know if it looks right should it, should it be shaved should it be clean like shaved clean off should I have hair you know what I mean what if it sticks out mine sticks out mine's this mine. you know I've heard it all and I'm just like it is what it is it's what you've got but unless you're confident enough or you feel empowered enough to just accept that then it's always going to be a bit of a yeah, I, I agree. Body confidence and, you know, body image is very important. But another thing I would say is that it's interesting because I hear a lot of, and I, you know, like when women are empowering or teaching other women about, you know, the vulvas look different and there's no such thing as normal, this and the other, which is very good. Mm -hmm. But men generally, it's not like we've seen a hundred different penises to know that our penis is normal. Yeah, true. But sometimes too much information because what you can start doing is then, and I, and I understand why they present, and I do this sometimes on my workshops, present different vulvas to normalize so, so women can see a vulva that may be similar to theirs to know that 
not all vulvas have to look like what they've seen in porn. Yeah, they come in different shapes and sizes. That's what I was going to come. But I think the main culprit. Oh, yeah, I'm interested in your thoughts on that because sex education is important. That's that's teaching women about you know normalizing their vulvas and how it comes in different shapes and sizes and things like that. But then if you feel comfortable with yourself, but then now you're with a Again, I'm speaking in the context of a heterosexual relationship. So if you're comfortable with yourself, the way you look, but then your partner isn't because of what he's been, what he's seen. So he might feel that, you know, it, it doesn't look what he's expected to look like. How do you, because educa- education is not going, so you know you're normal, but your your partner doesn't, is not comfortable with your normal, if that makes sense. How do you address that? I've never thought about it. From and, that, and that's why, sorry to cut you off. That's why I think there's, it needs to be more men and women need to be learning. If not, oh, they're yeah. together, but that's, because there's a lot of women that's empowering themselves and learning. But if, 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 men, if men are on board, whether it's in those settings or even in the bedroom that women are explaining to men, she's going to feel like you can go into the bedroom thinking that you're normal and then someone can give one look at you and then you feel that actually I'm not normal oh my gosh could you imagine that would be awful that would actually be awful but no you're right I think the education needs to be on both parts so guys and girls need to be able to see the different types of vulvas and I and I think it's more important that the the vulva the different types of vulvas are presented because essentially like the penis is either going to be circumcised or it's not you know it's either going to have a bigger head or a smaller head it's either going to have a thicker bottom or, or a bigger bottom bigger balls but there's the variations on the penis I feel are less there's less sort of variations that when you consider the vulva you've got obviously porn presents that you know it's nice I say nice I'm not saying nice but it's nice and neat you know all packed in and that's that's fantastic but then you have some women that it's out you know it's it's out you know there's sort of labia popping off here popping off there some people have small clits some people have big clits some people have barely any outer lits you know there's so many different variations some people are a lot darker down there some people you know there might be discoloration some people have hair some people don't there's so many different variations so i think the penis i, I just feel like there's not that much of a difference there can be more of an extreme difference for a woman than for a man. But either way, I think both men and women should be educated on how both genitals look and the different types of genitals. Because I know some women are like, I won't even go down on a guy if he's got foreskin. Do you know what I mean? Or it looks horrible or it doesn't look nice. And then you've got some women that are like, oh, men without foreskin scare me. You know, so you still have this kind of ignorance even as far as penises go, but it's just obviously it's not as deep. So yeah, I think when it comes to sex education, there should be focus on genitals for both men and women, just so that you don't have that. So what you see on porn, you understand that not everybody's got the Barbie doll vulva. Mm. Equally, not every penis is straight or some curve, yeah. some bend, you know. I think it's important that body parts are an integral part of, of sex education. So educate. So a man doesn't go down there and think, oh shit, what's that? That's not what I saw on that porno. And I would say that sex education shouldn't stop when someone's a child, because I think a lot of people, when they think about sex education, just think about children. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of adults, because even, you know, people could have received some form of sex education in their formative years. And then obviously now when they're an adult, and they're having different sexual experiences. Mm-hmm. They require, if anything, more education or different types of education, because obviously when you're a child, generally it's just theory. Yeah. It's just you're being told something that you've not really experienced. So when you're an adult, now you're experiencing you're experiencing different things. If anything, there's more education that needs to be had, had because to put things even into context, because so maybe some of the experiences, whether positive or negative, that you've had with certain sexual partners, that might need to be explained that even that person's maybe that person's reaction, that's not representative of all women 
that might be representative of that particular woman and, and vice versa because I hear many times when both men and women because of a bad experience that they've had with someone they hold on to that and be like oh that's why they don't want to open up because all oh, women yeah. think like that's this very and, that's, and that's a problem as well now I'm not saying that they should then have so many multiple partners then they realize not all women think like that but one bad experience with one person can you know um, yeah yeah all right so yeah okay I think we we both agree that sex education should be a lot more than just what we're taught and it should be continuous and I think we do have a lot more sex educators around that are trying to kind of do that work if you like so back to Kunyaza just just for a moment so Kunyaza is obviously the, the the technique of encouraging a woman to expel water now squirting is a big thing again because of porn please explain the differences between just what you see on the pawns in terms of squirt and kunyaza as a practice so so kunyaza in terms of the technique itself it's um it's a non-penetrative sexual practice which involves a man using his penis generally an erect penis to to tap and strike the vulva and the clitoris and he can do it in different ways and if he does it for a certain period of time and obviously the woman is relaxed and in control of her body then she and she does push out it helps encourage her to expel fluid from her urethra, which is female ejaculate. If it's a small dosage of water or fluid, it's known as female ejaculate. If it's a large gush, like bigger than a teaspoon to maybe even half a cupful, it's generally known as um, squirting. Now, both of these fluids comes out of the urethra, which is where a woman urinates or pees from. Yeah. Now, in terms of obviously the difference between female ejaculate and squirting and urine, obviously female ejaculate is not, it looks like watered-down milk. Obviously, it varies from woman to woman, but generally it looks like watered-down milk. It's quite sweet, but it has no scent, no smell. Whereas urine is obviously got, um, obviously depends what the woman's drank, but it could be watery, it could be very yellow, and obviously got a strong odour to it. And then squirting is generally to be, it looks more like water than just like water because very transparent. Now, obviously, what people see in porn, a lot of the squirting scene, it's not actually squirting as such is that a woman has used maybe like a douche to mm-hmm. put water in her private parts and then she just expels it mm-hmm. during the this, this scene so it's not actually real squirting fluid or it might just be urine like water down where she would jug down a lot of water and she just urinate what people see in porn unfortunately that's not generally the reality that a lot of women experience and whilst kunyaza has the reputation of helping women you know whether ejaculate or squirt i didn't want to put pressure on women or couples to say this is the goal yeah. I wanted to normalize this sexual experience because women have multiple sexual responses and experiences which are valid and should be appreciated and celebrated. But unfortunately, what happens is that, especially in the Western world, when people hear about these things, it's like, this is a new sexual trick. I need to do it. And if I don't do it, then I'm a failure. And it's like, okay, I'm battling with trying to explain, okay, this is about female pleasure, not necessarily about female ejaculation or female orgasm. Some women will be able to squirt easily some people women will be able to orgasm easily with the kunyaza tradition and some might not be able to but that shouldn't be the goal and a lot of times because of these hang-ups that women have about or even their partners about 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 their fluid they don't allow themselves to let go Mm -hmm. say hold back and even maybe what they've been taught about during sex that they should squeeze in their pelvic floor muscles rather than pushing out because the sensation that women feel when they're ejaculating or squirting is very similar to the sensation they're going to feel when they're going to urinate. That's why a number of women aren't able to differentiate between the two. And generally, when a woman is going to ejaculate or squirt, she feels that sensation. And sometimes many men probably attest to this, that that their partner will be like, hold on, wait, I need to use the bathroom because she feels she's going to 
urinate rather than squat and then she goes to the bathroom so again it's about dispelling a lot of misinformation and myths about the female sexual experience and female sexuality as well as educating men so the woman can give herself permission to whether it's orgasm squirt or just enjoy herself in the bedroom it's unfortunate that a lot of women have a lot of these thoughts running through her mind during sex whereas a man generally doesn't have that yeah, because yeah. he's fully in the moment so that's why it's trying to help women be in tune with their body and to connect their mind with their body and whether it's whether they can do mindfulness training or what have you but you know to, to go into sex where you're always thinking about how do I look how do I feel how is he going to think about me and this and the other it's it's this too much pressure and that's why it's important men are educated because if a woman is educated by you know by her female friends or female educator which is fine but the man hasn't had that same level of education where she feels comfortable that all of what she's learned is going to doesn't mean anything again with men how we generally learn especially if you're an adult we have got our sexual ego we don't like to be told this is how you need to make your partner be pleasured because we all think we know it all so I try to impart this knowledge informally yeah it is interesting I think there has definitely been a shift in a lot of male a lot of um, men's mentality when it comes to pleasuring women there was a post that you posted up on your Instagram recently focusing on Malcolm X and it was talking about the fact that he was unable to satisfy his wife in the early stages of his marriage and I really found that post interesting because obviously we all have Malcolm X positioned as this you know amazing activist must be fantastic in everything he kind of does. So to be able to read that and understand that actually, you know what, even someone as great as Malcolm X can openly admit that there was an issue. I feel like that's a good thing. And that's a, a sort of a, another way to start the conversation with, with guys. I mean, what was the whole bit behind that, Habib? Like, what did you intend to get out of sharing that with people? Because I know some people didn't really, weren't really too happy with the post. Yeah, so just for context, so Malcolm X, um, when he was 34 and still in the nation of Islam, he sent a letter um, um, to his mentor and teacher at the time, Elijah Muhammad, where he disclosed some intimate details about his marriage. At that time, he was, I think, a year, a year, less than a year married, a year or two years into his marriage to Betty Shabazz. And he basically said the main issue, main problem with their marriage is sex. And he put it in bold, in capitals, in sex. And he explained she had told him that he wasn't able to bring her any real satisfaction. And he said that um, one of the reasons was because he wasn't able to last long enough for her, for her satisfaction. And she expressed her displeasure. And then she also said at another point, because he said it was very difficult for him that he, he would even spend some time away from the home to get away from her. And he stopped making love to her. She said, if you don't, you know, come to the bedroom I will embarrass you yeah and when after further question this is what he said what she meant is that she'll find her satisfaction elsewhere so for me this was because Malcolm X is someone that I revere respect um and admire greatly but for me it was refreshing because you're seeing the humanity and the vulnerability of this man now some people they took it because again people have this expectation that because someone is um, a great figure that they won't have have any insecurities or issues in their personal life when we all do what I took from it is that number one he realized he had an issue and he asked for help from someone that he was more senior and probably more experienced that can kind of guide him on that and he asked Elijah Muhammad to maybe speak as a meditator uh, to mediate between him and his wife because he was finding it difficult to communicate with her for me as a form of therapy I thought found it refreshing that his wife 
vocalize and express her displeasure sexually she actually expressed that no i'm not being satisfied and he was someone he even said in the letter he tried his best to always satisfy her sexually so because he was trying but for whatever reason there was expectation gap maybe that he was maybe last an x amount of time in the bedroom but she wanted longer how can they reconcile how can they resolve this so it's, to, for me it was it was nothing that was unusual this letters you know it's been out in the public domain since 2011 and it was sold it's been but for some a lot of people hadn't heard of it and they were shocked by a that Malcolm X had this issue b they thought I was discrediting him or trying to speak ill of him when if anything I would say no look this is stuff that we can learn from because this is someone that we admire we respect but he still had these issues in the bedroom and he, he mentioned obviously in his autobiography that he had many sexual relations with women prior to um, going into prison so it wasn't like it was inexperienced with women. So there are a number of men who've had multiple sexual partners, but because they've had multiple sexual partners, they've assumed that they're doing everything right in the bedroom, so to speak. But you could have satisfied your previous partners, but it doesn't mean this next woman that you're with, you're able to satisfy because she's a human being with different needs and desires. For me, there was so much to learn from it. And I could have, and I was actually planning to do a webinar based on that. But the reaction, I was just like, I'm not sure people are ready for it because I, think people I need to explain the context. But for me, there was so much that I could learn from it. Like, like I said, he, you know, whether it's his vulnerability, whether it's the fact that he was seeking help, whether it's the fact that I applauded his wife, the fact that she vocalised a displeasure. There was so much. There was. And, and that's exactly what I took from it. As I said, I, you know, we all rate Malcolm X for, for what he's done and what he stands for. But just kind of seeing that, yeah, it made you think, well, actually, this is a man that sought help. And it's something that all men should feel or be able to seek help. Like, this is part of the problem. But, you know, who, who would you say kind of like the onus is on then? Because, yes, all right, so Betty expressed her displeasure. That was the initial, obviously. Otherwise, he would have just been going through with, you know, like blinkered on. He would never have known. Where does the onus really lie in your mind? Is it on the woman to let the man know that you ain't really hitting, for want of a better expression? Or is it for the man to kind of address that, maybe ask her, how is this for you? Like, how are we sort of promoting this idea of having these kind of conversations and understanding pleasure and how to ensure that everybody's being pleasured? How should it go? That's a very good question. I would say it's, it's both, but I definitely would say a lot of onus should be placed on the woman in, in terms of vocalising her displeasure. The reason being, and women oh, need to be empowered. Pleasure or displeasure, whether she's pleasured or whether she's displeasured. The reason being, if a woman doesn't say anything, generally speaking, nine times out of ten, he's going to ejaculate, he's going to orgasm, he's going to be satisfied. Hmm. Now, if she doesn't say anything, he will assume that she's satisfied as well. Do you understand what I mean? Now, obviously, if she's not pleasured, if she's not satisfied and she informs him of that, then obviously then he knows there's work to be done in order to ensure that she's satisfied. Yes, he should check in on her and ask her, are you satisfied? But if the woman doesn't say nothing or says that she is because she wants to preserve his ego, that's not helping the situation. Now, unfortunately, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting the blame or, or the response, but I'm saying ultimately the responsibility, if... Your, your pleasure is your own responsibility a man can help you be satisfied but really it's your responsibility so rather than expecting the man the knight in shining armor to kind of fulfill all of your or to know what you want mm. if you don't vocalize if you don't express it he won't know i think men should create a, um, an atmosphere where women feel comfortable enough where they can express their displeasure mm-hmm. but at the same time whether he's created it or not i think she should still be empowered to tell him do you understand? Now, if, of course, she's worried that if she tells him maybe some form of abuse, that's different. Like, 
he might react negatively. That's when that's the only situation where I can understand a woman doesn't want to vocalize her displeasure. If it's just a case of oh, she doesn't want to maybe hurt his feelings, that's not enough. That's not an excuse. I think that's a lot because you're now suffering in silence. Sorry, go on. This is what happens though, isn't it? Again, because everything is positioned around men and men getting theirs, but it all goes back to what we're taught in school, especially if you're not someone that's sort of educating yourself as you go along the road do you know what i mean if you're someone that's literally done school had the sex education now you're in sexual situations and you're kind of learning on the job so to speak you're not going to know anything more than what's been kind of embedded in you for women to be feel empowered enough to be able to say to a man you know what that wasn't really it's difficult for a lot of women someone okay. like myself that feels quite liberated and quite open purely because I've done my own work. Believe me, there were times when I've taken shit. Do you know what I mean? We've all been there. Not anymore, but that's because I've done my own kind of work. It's hard for women to say, to even be able to, to say, I haven't come. Like that is a really difficult sentence to say to a man that you're there with, you probably like him. You might have been leading up to this for a while. You've done what you're doing and it just hasn't happened. How do you then, where do you find the words? For me, I feel like it's just as much his responsibility to say, you know, how was it kind of thing as it is for her to say it wasn't all that. Say for example, he's just orgasmed and then it's finished. Because let's be real, in a lot of situations, that's how it ends. A lot of men make sure the woman comes first so that they can bust and just whatever they're doing. That's fine. However it works for you, fine. So if at that point you as a man have now orgasmed and you're done, then I would say it's for you to check in on her if she hasn't visibly displayed that she's had an orgasm. You're right. But then the funny thing is, even now, and I've put up these kind of posts, a, number of the, a lot of the modern the messaging that even women put out is that it's things like, um, there's, I'm sure you've seen these memes. If you have to ask her if she's come, then clearly she hasn't. That's just, that you know right? what? No, I'm just saying that you hear that a lot. You hear, and women will say it like, if you're doing your job, you don't need to ask. Well, so so, so, we've, so, so there's pressure so there's pressure on men that if I'm asking, if I'm always checking in, then clearly I don't know what you like. I think as mature adults, we all know that there is nothing wrong with saying, what babes do you like that how does that feel does that no that's different babe do you like checking in if you if you're having that kind of if that kind of discourse is happening then naturally it's Mm. okay to say it's easier if you're just banging away and then suddenly you're like what did you come babes it's like no no, i hear you but okay if we're talking we're adults we're speaking as two consented adults sex is a form of adult play it should be fun it should be enjoyable for both parties this is the understanding, right? right. So if that's the understanding. It sh- for me, I'm trying to understand why is it difficult, and you're naked, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're seeing each other, so you're you're you're, you're at your most vulnerable state. Mm. Why is it then difficult for you as a woman to tell your partner, "I need more. I, I didn't come. I'm not satisfied." I just think it's it's the way most women are conditioned. You, you know what I'm saying, Habib? Like, yeah, I know what sex, you're saying. Sex is often presented as the man is supposed to be doing the work. Like, essentially, the majority of the work is on the man, whether he's giving you missionary, he's doing it from that. All right, you might get on top a little bit and fling about a bit. But ultimately, sex, most people see sex as the man having sex with the woman. Yes. So if that's what it is, then when he's finished, if she hasn't arrived, all right, you might be butt naked, but it's still, it's, it's like a debate. It's like an argument. It's like, how do you phrase it without, number one, sounding like you're having a go. Number two, sounding like just... 
there's just a lot. I'm not in that space, but I know plenty of women that are, and I totally understand it. All right, if the shoe was on the other foot and you were taught that women run things in the bedroom, like you're just, you know, she's calling all the shots, then of course, I don't think it's foreign for a guy to say, I ain't come yet, babes. That's not foreign. No, I hate it, but the thing is, again, I, I'm trying to think, how can we resolve know, this? How can we find solutions? Yeah. And I'm aware there's a problem. I'm aware that it's very difficult for, for women and things like that and how they've been conditioned, this and that. But I'm not speaking of for, like, all women. Let's talk in, like, as if I'm speaking to you or anyone listening, in your, in your situation, if you want something, mm-hmm. you have to speak. Closed mouths don't get fed. I'm saying, now I'm saying, even if you're that person saying it's very difficult, I'm saying you yourself, anyone listening to this and you're a woman, mm-hmm. if you want something and you don't speak, how can you expect the person to know? Closed mouths don't get fed. And, and, and again, someone might say, oh, then you're putting all the pressure and onus on w- women. In some respects, yes, because satisfaction is your responsibility. Orgasm is your responsibility. If you want to orgasm, if you want to be satisfied, if you want to be pleasured, but you're, for different reasons, you're not expressing that, how can you then be like, and this is and this is why a lot of men feel sex is just for, is mainly for men, not the w- woman, because women don't vocalise that they want it, even though they do. It's just going back to, again, being w- what you're taught. A lot of women are taught when it comes to sex just to lie down and take it. So if you're being taught to just lie down and take it, how do you then, in your mind, justify questioning why that man hasn't made you come? Sounds ridiculous to me, Habib, yeah, now. Yeah. But I totally understand why a lot of women cannot get out of their own head and they will leave a situation and probably go home and pull out their vibrator or whatever yeah. it is. Because they not it's this kind of, it's, it's definitely a grey area. That's why I think men also have to, okay, forget the memes, but just yeah. know that it's it, it's a two-way thing. Like, I'm not being funny. I would ask a man if, if you know what I mean, if I can't tell if you've got, I'm going to ask you. So it's a two-way, it's a two-way kind of it's a two, Yes, it's a two-way, but I'm saying, yes, men need to check in, men need to to try and find out if if his partner is satisfied but at the same time women need to be empower themselves to say to, to say even if because a man can ask and she will say yeah baby it's fine yeah i enjoyed it and that's what generally happens this is what men say so it's like how many times do does a man ask and a woman either just affirms what he's thinking or just and so it's it's, it's the same thing whether she's actually saying from the beginning I'm not, I'm not, I didn't come, I'm not satisfied. Or he's asked her, but because again, it's so difficult for her because of the pressure of this and the other. The same way like a man will ask um, a woman for her phone number, well, it's years ago now, because now it's probably the IG or the whatever, oh, but whatever. the phone number, a lot of women, even if she doesn't want to give it, because she doesn't want to offend him, she might give him yeah, a fake yeah. number, she'll give him something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than just- yeah, Rather than say, no, I don't want to give you my number. So. Again, but that's a different situation because she might be fearing her health, I mean, um, uh, her safety. But I'm saying in the bedroom, it's similar that a lot of men, a lot of men, I think, do ask, but maybe they, but again, I think it's like what you're saying, that a lot of women feel because of sex is supposed to be for the man and they this, that and the other, they can't tell him the, the truth. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I do agree with you, Habib. I do agree. Because, so, so it's because a woman can go through, and I do hear this, like a woman can go through counselling, then she can go through therapy, then she can understand the trauma, then she can understand um, the social condition, then she can study about all of these things and where it came from and this and the other, which is all well and good. But then she still hasn't learned how to communicate and empower herself with her male partner. But sometimes it's, it's not even about trauma. Sometimes no, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying trauma, I'm saying know, she can I'm... understand like the theory. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot of women like who are great at understanding all the reasons or possible reasons why she ain't able to vocalise, 
but she still can't communicate with a man. The same way there's a lot of men who will spend time with their male friends and they would be talking this and the other about women and what women want, blah, 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 blah. You put them in front of, of a live, real woman, not someone that they they've seen clue. on porn. They haven't got a clue. Yeah. And I'm just saying, how can we, with this issue, how can we empower? And I think they need to see examples of women speaking about issues that they've had and how they've overcome them with men. Absolutely. Not just amongst themselves. With, it doesn't need to be yeah. role play. That is, but do, do you understand? Because everyone has had issues. doesn't matter how educated you are. Everyone has issues. And we'll have issues sexually. Like the same way everyone have issues health-wise or in a relationship. Just because, you know, you've written love songs or written a book about sex, it doesn't mean your sex life is perfect. It doesn't. But then you have, I think, the more educated you are in the area, you kind of have a, a broader understanding. So if you're talking about how best to move forward, I feel like women need to be more empowered to speak up. Men also need to be more aware of women and the, the 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 inability in some instances to be able to speak and somewhere somehow there's just a meeting that just works it's just difficult isn't it i think for a lot of women it's definitely i think it comes with age as well can i push back, back again the yeah, choice, your choice of words yeah so you said when you were referring to women you said women need to be empowered which i agree 100 percent. then you said that men need to be aware of some women's inability to speak they're not mute they can speak they're not the difficulty they've got difficulty maybe speaking but not inability because when it's inability that means that they can't they, they're not able to inability, you understand what i mean inability to articulate what it is they, they can articulate because they no, when something doesn't go wrong romance wise or the difficulty or maybe the struggle or something but say when they, when they've got a lot of mouth when it's romance wise isn't it but when it comes to they do though yeah, no, no why because they feel entitled to that rightly so yeah but again, like, well, back to the entitlement. Exactly. Women aren't traditionally told that they're entitled to sex. That's what I'm saying. I, so it, 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 it starts. So I'm saying, like, the work you're doing. So I'm saying, what I'm saying, the work you're doing, which is great, and more of it should be done in terms of explaining women why they do deserve pleasure. They are entitled. And not only sex, because when we say sex, because a lot of women, women are having sex, but not necessarily satisfying sex or pleasurable yeah. sex. So we're speaking about that. This is what you're entitled to. And if this is something that is ingrained in you, you're not, be, you're not going to be satisfied with less. If you're having sex, but it's not satisfying, then you're going to speak up about it. Absolutely. But that's what I mean. So it starts at the beginning. Right. For women that are over, I would say women that are over 25 that haven't been empowered in that way, it's a slog. It's going to be a slog because it's kind of undoing, unpacking, yeah, kind of, do you know what I mean? So if you yeah. get it from the get-go, then you're more, obviously there'll be a few that fall through the net that still have hang-ups and stuff because that's just human nature. But ultimately you'll have more empowered women that feel that they can speak up and know that yeah, they are just as entitled to sex as men, just as entitled to pleasure as men. Yeah. And, you know, that's 90% of the battle. Yeah, Definitely. I agree with that. So before we wrap up, Habib, are men supposed to satisfy women? When a man goes into a sexual situation, should he be going in with the sole intention, well, aside from himself being pleased, should he be focused on the pleasure of a woman? 100%. I think a man or men should prioritise women's pleasure. I think men should go into every sexual encounter with the goal or the aim of ensuring that his partner is satisfied before he's. And again, because it's very easy for us to be satisfied. That's why for me, there's no achievement, so to speak, in terms of you being able to get off. But I think whether it's an ego thing or whether it's because he wants to be empathetic or make sure that she you know, has a pleasurable experience, but I think that should be the goal of every man. And it doesn't mean he's going to be able to satisfy a woman every time. I'm not saying, but if, at least if that's his mindset, 
then what will happen is that he will be checking in on her. He will be doing everything that he can do to ensure that she's satisfied. But it doesn't mean that he'll be he'll be satisfying all the time. So I'm not saying that if a man is a selfless lover, he's always going to be giving her no. fulfilling, you know, a mind, body, orgasm. That's not necessarily going to be the case. But at least if he's going in with that, and then obviously she's going into the sexual encounter, believing and knowing that she deserves pleasure, then it'll be easier for them to communicate because he'll be checking in on her and she will feel comfortable to vocalize if she hasn't been pleasured yeah. but again if we're, if we're looking at it as a 50 50 i don't think it's fair because if it was 50 50 men would win every time as in men would be satisfied all the time because yeah. it's easier for us to be satisfied than but, women that's why more onus i think needs to be placed on men mm-hmm. satisfying women and prioritizing women's pleasure as opposed to thinking it's an equal exchange because if it is an equal exchange like i said Man, men will come before women and be satisfied. I do agree that men should are supposed to satisfy women and should make it their intention. I love that. And all the women listening to this are going to be like, oh my God, Habib. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. I think there are a lot of women out here that are just not being satisfied. That's the real. You know I, I would mean? say though, there are a lot of men that want to, and there are a lot of men that want to speak about it, but it's like, it's quite difficult because You'll be judged by men. Some men might say you're just pandering to women because you're trying to sleep with you're all of the women. Yeah. Or you're like, like a sim. And again, for me, I don't understand that mindset because a lot of men sleep with women but want the respect and love from other men. It's, and yeah. their approval. That, I think that's that's what kind of it boils down to because a lot of men, and we spoke about this offline, that a lot of men will be happy to receive um, heads, but they don't want to give it. Yeah. I don't understand that. Because this is a power trip. It's this idea that pleasure is for me. Either we're both receiving it or I'm receiving it. There's no way I'm giving pleasure and she's not giving me anything in return mm. because I will go in looking like a simp. And again, again, it's that mindset because they see sex, which we spoke about earlier, that is primarily what they've been taught. Yeah. It's primarily for men. Mm. It's interesting. And then a whole other argument, which we won't go into now, is the ones that don't even want to give oral sex, but yet expect it every single time. That's very common. But I often wonder like I mean some people have had bad experiences and I get it like you know some things can completely turn you off stuff I understand that but how do you figure if it's something that you just don't do because you get a lot of guys saying oh I don't do that why I just don't do it yeah but why obviously I'm not depression I, I don't have a sexual interest in them so it's just like a conversation I have one friend that springs to mind and he's like he does not go down on his woman and I'm like okay well why not she's your woman she has been for several years like what is it did you have a bad experience no does she give you head Yes. So why is it that you don't feel you could return the favour? I just, I'm not doing that. Because remember, no. culturally as well, that we spoke about this before, but culturally. It's cultural, but then I also... Like there's some culture, if you've been taught, so this is actually, this is a good one, because we've spoken about, you know, the pressure and what women have been conditioned to believe. Hmm. A number of men in certain cultures have been conditioned to believe that going down on a woman is wrong, it's nasty, it's filthy. What is that it's because you're... Is that because you're sort of essentially bowing down to her? What is it? Is it just the no. itself or the position that you, you assume? Even some of the names, like growing up, Bullcat. Yeah, but that's, um, that's what I mean. Is it the position that you assume? Is it because you literally... No, the, no even culture, if it, no, cult, no, culturally. So even the same way, I know it's changing in some parts of society, but like pegging, that's not something culturally, socially acceptable within Black communities generally. heterosexual. say pegging? Right? Pegging, for example, pegging. Yeah. So culturally, so I don't care. Like you can write as many books about saying that the man's G sports in his anus. I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you understand what I'm I'm getting at? But that's 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 an example that it's not like I need to try something to see whether I like it or not. 
I've known because I've been grown up in a society or culture that that's not something that a man should engage in. You don't even try it to know. Do you understand what I'm getting at? Mm -hmm. So similarly, when we're looking at going down on a woman, if you've been raised to believe that's not something that's befitting of a masculine man, it's not something that men do, it doesn't matter if your partner wants it. You're not going to do that because that's unmanly. That's what you've been taught. I'm not saying it's wrong. I know you're not. You're not do you understand? So I can understand it. So, but if or if you have in that same culture, you've been taught that it's okay for a woman to go down on you. It doesn't make her less of a woman. It doesn't make you less of a man. Then you can do that. So that's why when people say, "Oh, but you can," you don't mind receiving it. We don't want to give it. Why is that? Because the culture that they've been raised in, that's how it's being taught. I don't necessarily think that's always the case, though. I think some people just say it because I think there's either an element of fear. Fear They don't want to feel submissive to a woman. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, And they just... And I guess it's the idea of what happens down there. You know, like some guys say, oh, yeah, but you piss out of there, you bleed out of there. But I'm thinking, well, you piss out of yours. Do you know what I mean? It's a, sorry to get graphic, but you know, yeah. it's how some yeah. people justify things in their heads. So yeah, I can accept the cultural argument because of what you're taught and what you're raised on. Fair enough. It can take a bit of work to kind of move past that. Even having said that, there are men that have grown up in cultures that clearly say you shouldn't do that, but do because they've come to a space in their life sexually where they've wanted to explore that and decided that it's something that- But remember, have- even some of those men, they might, they might do it by closed doors but they won't admit it yeah why because of social acceptance yeah Yeah, it's true the same way up until maybe i would say the last 10 15 years especially in the uk context it was generally seen as black women don't go down on a man on a man and vice versa black men don't go down yeah no i know but i'm just i'm just just saying so it wasn't socially acceptable for a woman Mm. to admit that even with her boyfriend Mm. let's be honest it was like that was something that white girls do it's only recently that now okay it's kind of changed okay that that's kind of okay and it's seen as no that's part of a mature woman now of course you do it whereas before no woman would admit that even in the context of a long-term relationship or marriage so again we can't deny that culture and social acceptance plays a big part in terms of how our attitudes and behavior towards sex and and, uh, sexuality i won't deny that because even you could be as well read as anyone you still want to be you still want to fit in in a certain social group I accept that. I just think it can be quite problematic in a lot of instances. Well, it's problematic. If the man's comfortable in that I don't go down on a woman, fine. And his partner's comfortable that she, he doesn't want to go down on me. That, why is that an issue? Yeah, well, if it's like that, then of course it's not an issue. But right. when you have one that's sort of like saying, well, why not? And you're he's over here saying, well, because I don't want to. I'm just saying each to their own. Like I'm not here yeah. to, to to pass judgment on anyone's setup. That's, that's their business. But I'm saying like... We all pass judgment. I don't like when people say that. You know, I'm not going to openly pass judgment. Then I'm not going to openly pass judgment. Yeah, There's nothing wrong with that. Even that is that that is one of those uh, modern day. It's a, I don't know what's a. Oh, I don't pass judgment. We all pass judgment. And we all pass judgment, judgment. But what I mean is, I'm not going to make it a thing. I'm not going to say to them, oh, well, you should be. Do-. In that respect, <laughs> I'm not going to put, yeah. I'm not going to cast my judgment onto okay, fair them. Enough. Maybe yes. that's a better way of phrasing it. Yeah, I, I just it's, it's just quite interesting. And I find, especially amongst Black people, you know, there's definitely this whole thing about men going down on women. I mean, it's... It... But do you not think this is a Black-British thing more than... Because even, like, I'm sure you're aware that how our attitudes in the UK as Black people towards sex is very different from 
um, our American counterparts. Oh yeah, I've got you. Oh, like they're more yeah. right, exactly. So and and, and and you can see the difference because in the UK, is that because um, like obviously to the Caribbean and to Africa, we have more. Right, exactly. It's different. So because of that, you can see our attitudes. Like okay, I would say millennial black British millennials are more in sync with um, Americans because we've grown up on in American culture, yeah. irrespective of where we've come from, a Caribbean African background, yeah. right? Yeah. Whereas Traditionally, black British people are very different from black Americans when it comes to sex because culturally we're very different. For real, it's true. Because you couldn't even talk to, I don't know, say someone over the age of what, 55? A black yeah. person over the age of 55 in this yeah. country would talk to them about oral sex. They'd be like, Yeah, exactly. Be looking at you like, what are, you, are you okay? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And That's why I say culture, we can't you can't deny the impact that culture plays on no, that. not. Absolutely. You know, I think that sometimes, you know, culture can be, I mean, it's good, it's a blessing and it's a curse in some instances. It is, but then this is the thing, like even in the most liberated, sex positive culture that people think or wants us to kind of get to, not everyone is happy with that version True. of sex. There's always going to be a... But I mean, yeah, so there's always... And so people aren't going to fit into that idea that, okay, a woman should be as sexually liberated as a man in the sense of having multiple sexual partners. There should be no judgment put on her where there's some women even that live in that culture they don't agree with that both men and women that there's not every man that agrees with the idea that a man can have multiple sexual partners and it's fine there's some men that look down upon men that, yeah 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 uh, that way do you know what i mean so you know there's always going to be conflicts as well but generally speaking it doesn't matter what culture even if you're in the uk there's there may be a subculture that you're part of and you want to maybe at least be normal or at least fitted into that, that. Yeah. That's why for me, I know that in different cultures there's going to be certain practices that's acceptable, not acceptable, but I can't I won't be able to fit in all of them. I just need to fit into the ones I'm comfortable with. That's right. And then and then just live my life that way. Because you won't be able to please everyone. It's impossible. That's it. Well, you can't. That's the truth. Yeah. That's the truth, Habib. And I think that's a perfect note to end on. We cannot please everybody. So please yourself in every please your partner. of the work. Please your partner. I'm here, you know what? I'm here for the pleasure. I'm here for pleasing and to be pleased. And I think that's the key to success. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we're all here for the pleasure. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, come, Habib, let's be real. You can't be spouting off about Kunyaza and not pleasing your woman. <laughs> No, she looks after. Don't worry about that. Hey, yeah. <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> Practice what I preach. That's okay. the only thing. Habib, are you blushing? I might be. A little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Habib, let people know, obviously, where they can find you and follow you on your amazing journey. Because like I said, like you are the only sex educator, male sex educator that I rate highly. There are other people that talk about sex and I just think, <sighs> do you know what I mean? I just feel like you have it on point. Where can people find you? No, thank you for those kind words. And I respect you highly as well. Also, and you can find me on Instagram, um, Habib, H-A-B-E-E-B underscore A-K-A-N-D-E. So Habib underscore Akande. Um, it's the same social media handle on Twitter as well. So Instagram and Twitter is probably the two best outlets to contact me and also Facebook. I feel like Instagram is really popping. Instagram, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so obviously I'm going to add all the links below. So yeah, Habib, as always, it's been my pleasure. You see, we're going to keep saying that word now. Pleasure's um, all mine. No, it's definitely mine. Definitely <laughs> mine. <laughs> Habib, till next time. Take care.